and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, the Sandy Larson UFO abduction. And I want to look at a couple different articles that have been written about this because it's a, it's a rather short story, but I think it has a lot of good details that deserve to be brought up. And the first one comes from uh, ScienceHowStuffWorks.com. It's titled, The 1975 North Dakota UFO Sighting. It says, Sandy Larson, her 15-year-old daughter Jackie, and Jackie's boyfriend, Terry O'Leary, awoke early that morning, August 26, 1975. Mrs. Larson, who lived in Fargo, North Dakota, was planning to take a real estate test in Bismarck, 200 miles away. Now, if you look at a map, you'll see that Fargo is located uh, on the eastern edge of North Dakota, about halfway up the map, right on the border with Minnesota. And directly north of Fargo, I believe you'll find Winnipeg, Canada. So they're they're pretty far up in the northern United States. Now they're headed to Bismarck, which I believe is due west on Interstate 94, and Bismarck being located in the middle of the state. So they're out there in the middle of nowhere. Now even today, Fargo's got a population of I think around 125, 130,000 people. So you can imagine this would have been. Uh, wide open, high plains country, just like you see on the old westerns. And back in 1975, there might not have been a lot of travel on that road at 4 o'clock in the morning. It says, Mrs. Larson, who lived in Fargo, North Dakota, was planning to take a real estate test in Bismarck, 200 miles away. At 4 a.m., now remember, this is out in the, this is in the far north, so this is August, so the days are still pretty long, so at 4 a.m., the sun was probably already pretty well on its way up. I could imagine the sky was lit up enough that they could see uh, fairly well back then. At 4 a.m., 45 miles west of Fargo, on Interstate 94, they encountered an unexpected, unexpected, unimaginable unknown. First they saw a flash and heard a rumbling sound. Then, in the southern sky, heading east... They saw eight to ten glowing objects with smoke around them. So imagine they're on this interstate. They're headed east, or they're, excuse me, they're headed west. They look off to their side, their left side, which, be, which would be to the south, and they see these eight to ten glowing objects with smoke around them. It says one was notably larger than the others, and witnesses had the impression that in some fashion the other objects had come out of it. This could, possibly be, this could possibly be a case where you have a sighting of a mothership with these multiple uh, other, other UFOs that seem to disgorge from it. It says the UFOs descended until they were above a grove of trees 20 yards away. Now, that's... Pretty close when you think about it. When you think about being on a four-lane interstate, you have that medium down the middle, and all of a sudden these things are basically just on top of you. It says the UFOs descended until they were above a grove of trees 20 yards away. Then half of them shot away. The three witnesses suddenly felt an odd sensation, as if they had been frozen or stuck for a second or two. Now at this point, we don't know if they're just driving along the road, if they've stopped in the middle of the highway, if they pulled over or what, they're just telling us what they perceive in that instance. It says, then the UFOs were departing. 
Even more weirdly, Jackie, who had been sitting in the middle of the front seat between Larry and her mother, that's the daughter's boyfriend and her mom, now sat in the middle of the back seat with no idea how she had gotten there. Moreover, the time now was an hour later, so now they have lost time. It continues. It says, The following December, so something apparently has happened in between August and December. The author hasn't really brought to our attention, but whatever occurred along that highway was disturbing enough that Sandy, the mother, and her daughter Jackie went to this professor at the, from the University of Wyoming and decided to see if they could solve the mystery through hypnosis. The following December, Sandy and Jackie separately underwent, hip, underwent hypnosis under the direction of University of Wyoming psychologist R. Leo Sprinkle. Though Terry confirmed the sighting and the peculiar feelings associated with it, he declined the author to the offer to explore the incident further. Jackie remembered being outside the car in a state of paralysis. Her mother told of being floated into the UFO with Terry. So now we have an idea of what's happened here. Apparently they've pulled over to the side of the road, or maybe this these UFOs have just somehow moved the car over to the side of the road because we have a situation where we can see that they've actually been... <clears throat> transferred from their vehicle into the into the UFO, because it says Jackie remembered being outside the car in a state of paralysis, so maybe they pulled over and she stepped outside of the car to look at this thing. Her mother told her being floated into the UFO, so we don't know if she, if she was somehow just transported through the roof of the car, if she got out of the car under some sort of state of mind control. However it happened, they ended up in the UFO. She says a six-foot-tall robot-like being with glaring eyes put her on a table, rubbed a clear liquid over her, and inserted an instrument up her nose, then performed other medical procedures. Dizzy and nauseous, she felt as if her head would explode. After a period of time, she and Terry, whom she did not recall seeing inside the UFO, were returned to their car and all conscious memory of the incident vanished immediately. And this is something that we see a lot of times in these uh, abductions. And you have to wonder if the memory uh, isn't suppressed because the people who are abducted are so terrorized by these things that they can't bear to remember it. We have another article here that I think has a little bit more detail on it that we can take a look at. And this one here, if we can get to it. This is from HPR1.com, and it's called the Sandra Larson Incident. And I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the fellow's name because it's a long one. It was put up here in March 2017. As I said, it's HPR1.com. And here's their account of what happened. It says, During the dark hours of a very early morning in late August of 1975, Sandra Larson found herself completely bewildered in the back seat of her own vehicle after an encounter her, she and her daughter, as well as her 
boyfriend at the time had experienced. To this day, there still isn't a real explanation of the events the three experienced almost 42 years ago. They had been traveling very early one morning around 4 a.m. down the stretch of road along I-94 toward Bismarck when at about 45 miles out of Fargo, the group saw between 8 to 10 bright glowing orbs descending from the sky up ahead and start to approach them. They heard a loud sound resembling the rumbling of thunder in the distance, only growing louder as the lights grew brighter while drawing closer. It was then that a feeling of complete disorientation overcame the travelers as the mysterious bright lights came closer to the vehicle. Later, later Sandra and her daughter would describe the experience as feeling stuck while they sat in the vehicle, unable to move or react. There's a paralysis we're talking about. When finally able to move, from the feeling of being mentally and physically frozen in their seat, Sandra realized she was no longer seated in the front of the vehicle next to her boyfriend, but instead in the back seat while her daughter Jackie had replaced her in the driver's seat. The three continued down I-94 until they reached the nearest gas station. Assessing the situation and trying to make sense of it, they checked the time. An hour had gone by since the bright lights that they couldn't account for. Sandra's story was revealed to the public when psychologist R. Leo Sprinkle, a professor and therapist from the University of Wyoming, came to investigate the case. Under hypnosis, Sprinkle uncovered a series of events that Sandra couldn't completely recall while conscious. From their stations, what was gathered of Sandra's missing time was that she had been abducted from the vehicle that her boyfriend and daughter were riding along in and brought aboard a craft and unlike any that she could remember. Though hazy and disoriented at the time, Sandra attempted to describe what took place to the best of her ability, involving experiments on her body and the beings that were present aboard the craft she was taken to. Larson described receiving a bizarre medical examination that involved being probed and having a mysterious clear liquid rubbed onto her body, along with other strange procedures one of which included the use of a metal tool to gather a sample from her by scraping the inside of her nostril. Well, today we might realize that as we might recognize that as DNA testing. It goes on. It says Sandra described. San <clears throat> One second here. It says that. Though hazy and disoriented at the time, Sandra attempted to describe what took place to the best of her ability, involving, involving experiments on her body and the beings that were present aboard the craft she was taken to. Larson described receiving a bizarre medical examination that involved being probed and having a mysterious clear liquid rubbed onto her body along with other strange procedures, one of which included the use of a metal tool to gather a sample from her by scraping the inside of her nostril. Sandra described the beings performing the procedures to her as appearing like mummies, claiming that the dim figures of her memory were covered in strange wrappings while their bulging eyes peered out at her. Their arms were like segmented metal rods found in a mechanico set. Larson's description of her experience has since been a topic of scrutiny. People claimed her experience was a hoax or the result of hallucination or mental instability. In the years since the encounter, 45 miles 
west of Fargo, in the early hours before dawn, the credibility of Sanders' story has diminished, becoming one of the best-known but least believable UFO encounters in North Dakota. The Sandra Larson incident, however, changed the way the scientific community examines such phenomena, taking into account psychological effects such as trauma and perception. Well, this is something that we've talked about before as far as these um, abductions go. The range of descriptions on the abductors, the aliens, it, it's its fantastic, really. All the way from uh, basically blobs of light to uh, mechanical monsters. But as I've said repeatedly, I ha think we have to take these descriptions um, in the context of how they happened. Now, if we were to believe that people are abducted by these uh, aliens non-human entities, whatever they are, and somehow their physical bodies are able to be transported through solid objects, which we hear uh, repeatedly in these abduction stories, that people people simply floated through walls, floated through ceilings, whatever. That tells us that whatever happening is ha whatever's happening, as far as these abductions are, are concerned, it's happening on an interdimensional level. And we know this because uh, these abductors are not, they're not obeying the laws of physics as we know them. So that being the case, it's quite possible these people, what they're seeing, we don't know what it looks like, what it is, because what's going on here is their mind is simply uh, assigning an identity to these things. So it could be that these people are, are uh, experiencing something on an interdimensional level that is not even observable by the normal human mind. That they're only, uh, they, they just know what's happening. They know what's happening to them. And these things might as well be invisible. But rather than just say, well, they're invisible, their mind uh, creates an identity for these things. Almost like is in a dreamlike state. So that it can cope with the fact that they have been abducted, uh, they have been assaulted and abused, and to think that that could have happened by some, by some object or something that that they couldn't even see in a physical sense, would almost be too much for the human mind to wrap itself around. It appears as if a lot of these abductees, as I say, to, in my opinion, are simply creating or assigning an identity of what these things look like. Because what's happening here is not an abduction in a physical sense, the way that we might think of a kidnapper, you know, grabbing somebody, putting them in a vehicle, taking them somewhere, assaulting them. Whatever's happening here is happening on a much different level. It's happening, as I said, on an interdimensional level where that person is abducted. That person finds their body traveling through solid objects, ending up in and what they perceive as a UFO, who knows what it is. It's almost it's almost something that's occurring on a spiritual level that they can't explain, they can't define. So rather than just write these people off as being crazy or saying that they're hallucinating, I think a lot of times it helps if we consider the possibility that maybe they were abducted, they were assaulted, they were experimented on, whatever... And the description that they relate to us 
Is there a way of dealing with what happened? Is there a way of uh, bringing some sanity to this whole thing? And I think that if we have any hope of understanding what these abductions are, are about and what are happening and what's actually happening to people, we have to give the people that have been victimized here the the benefit of the doubt and begin to take a look at it from that direction. This was another just interesting case. Uh, we can look at it. We can say it was a mass UFO sighting. A whole carload of people agreed they saw the UFOs. But then when you get down to the testimony about what actually happened during the abduction, that's where things get foggy. But but actually, I don't have a problem with that because this is exactly what you would expect when you think about how personal uh, the abduction experience is for these people and how terrifying it is for these people. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.